0: Again, welcome to Bit Depth. I'm Santiago Ramones. Across from me is
1: uh, William Pope. Hi. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I usually try and let people say their own name because uh, if I'm going to pronounce it incorrectly, then it makes me look dumb. But then if I don't know how to pronounce it, then they can say it, and I'm like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is hear- hearing it straight from the horse's mouth. Anyways, uh, how do we know each other? Um, Well, I think we've known each other since high school. Yeah, we went to high school together. (laughs) Probably banned.
1: (laughs) Actually banned. Yeah, definitely banned. And then that's just kind of evolved over the years. Yeah. Uh,
0: So who are you? What do you do? So
1: for the many of you who don't know who I am, my name is William Pope. I am the producer and content creator For a podcast named Open Broadcast, it specializes specifically in communication, whatever aspect of communications in Mm -hmm. the world that there is.
0: Yeah. Um, So, I mean, we know each other through school and UCO and stuff. So, first I'll ask, since we are sitting here at UCO, uh, what is your major, what is your education and why? Why? (laughs) Why? Well, I am a strategic communications major here at
1: UCO. Um, and at some point, it's just I kind of sat down and realized what am I doing with my life? <laughs> but initially, I didn't come here to do communications. I mm-hmm. came here to do forensic science.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Found out I was super bad at chemistry. Okay. Yeah. And
0: I remember I was like, also being very bad at chemistry. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I was like, well, you know, I can, uh, I've done music for a while. I mean I can sit there and do I could become a music I could become a band director or a music teacher mm. or something like that. And I got into music theory and realized I'm even worse at music theory than I am at chemistry. <laughs> um and so I sat down it's like well I'm not enjoying anything that I'm doing mm. currently. And so a friend of mine actually suggested his name is David Terry. He suggested that I maybe take a look into some of the stuff that's in the mass communications department. Mm. And I was looking at the professional media degree that we have here and then I saw the StratCom degree and I was like, you know what? I'm going to switch to that. That sounds really cool. And I've loved it ever since. Mm -hmm. What
0: is strategic communications?
1: Um, Strategic communications, if you ask any of my professors, it's (laughs) basically building mutually beneficial relationships. It's a lot like public relations in that aspect. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's a little bit more than that. It's Mm -hmm. you're communicating with people. You're building that relationship, but you're doing it in a way that not only benefits each other, but benefits Mm -hmm. everyone who looks at it. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of what I do is based off of multiple different industries. It's based off of um, the video game industry and the aspects of public relations, specifically Mm -hmm. just having a subreddit and talking to people, which I don't have and should probably get. But... (laughs) I mean that that type of world I'm always active in. I'm always like, hey, this is something that can be done, or this is something that can be done, and it's every nice. Every it's nice every now and then when I get mm-hmm. a developer comment back saying, oh, okay, we'll implement this later on, and it gets yeah, implemented. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, some of my work is based off of the communication world, and a lot of it is based off of actually the the worship field. I mean, just mm-hmm. breaking it down, the church, especially my church, I feel like has done a particularly good job of just meeting people where they are. Yeah.
0: Uh, which church is that? If I go to Cheer Kale's
1: Baptist Church. Okay. It's in Oklahoma City.
0: For those of you who aren't listening in Oklahoma City, <laughs> right? Um. So, what is a weird thing? Like, what's the point of researching communication? If that makes sense? Um. Well, because <laughs> we don't communicate. Right. <laughs> that's that's why. <laughs> I mean.
1: If you look at the past 40 years, specifically in terms of how technology is built, how social media has evolved, Mm. and how for the first time in human history – think about this. For the first time in human history, you can pick and choose where your news comes from. You can pick and choose who you listen to and who you don't listen to. Mm -hmm. Essentially, it's part of that everything is catered to us and it makes us comfortable aspect. And as a result, we have somehow lost – yeah the ability to to essentially reason with other people mm-hmm. i mean if you take a look um if you take a look at really anything i mean you you see evidence of that all over the place mm-hmm. um the political world especially just because it's so readily available to use mm-hmm. i mean the enti- i mean the entirety of the trump administration came out of came out of that inability to communicate with yeah. each other and everyone's and everyone especially on the right reaction was well I need someone who I agree with right now, and this is who is there. Yeah. So that's what happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you look in the digital world, if you look at the way that social media has built up, I mean, Mm -hmm. the eruption of, oh, well, I don't want to talk about this issue on Facebook because it's going to upset someone in my family or it's going to make people uncomfortable. When we don't understand that that uncomfortable aspect is what makes you you, and it's what makes the conversation worth having. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, Sorry, that was a lot. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, so what is sort of your biggest example as these people communicate effectively and I want to emulate that?
1: There are a lot of different ways that I could answer that, but honestly, it's it's the people. It's kind of the the people who are underground, the people who don't get as much recognition for what mm-hmm. they do, but they're still doing it. Um, I mean, if you take a look at the Star Wars Battlefront Two community, I mean, you know, I know that a lot of people who are gamers are probably going to listen to this and be like, "Oh my God, Star Wars Battlefront Two is he seriously going to talk <laughs> about that EA hot pile of trash?" Um, but if you if you guys have followed that when the game came out, it just was completely bad in the sense <laughs> that it was unbalanced. The microtransaction system was basically a gambling system inside mm-hmm. the game, and it's what brought the scrutiny on on that type of system in video yeah, games. Yeah. And it started to move people away from that and into more of the battle pass system. Yeah. But the developers stuck with it. DICE left a small team that mm. sticks with it. It fixed the system that was broken in the game. It's continued to push out new content almost two years after it's launched. Yeah. It's about to have its biggest update.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the developers while they haven't had the best track record of staying with the community, of keeping up with the community and keeping up with what they would like to have, yeah. they're always trying to communicate with them. They're always yeah. saying, Hey, look, this is the issue. Um, we're having, we've got a small staff, we can't release a hot fix or we are we're, we're just going to go ahead and wait till the September update or whatever that type of thing is. Right. I mean, their, their community manager is Ben walk and he's a really cool guy. Mm-hmm. Especially mm-hmm. just to talk to you about certain instances. I mean, especially when he talks to the community, it's it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And it's just really cool to see how Dice really didn't have to go out of their way to have separate yeah, yeah. community managers in that aspect because mm-hmm. they could have just thrown it in with the Battlefield Five team. Sure. But having that there and watching mm-hmm. them effectively communicate is really cool.
0: Yeah. And I think that we we've seen that with a number of different games that have Kind of oopsed out of the the start line, and then kind of <laughs> patched it up along the way. Yeah, um, or games that have just kept going forever, uh, like uh, uh, Rainbow Six Siege has been going forever, and it's still. I haven't. I don't play it myself, but like people still like really support that game, and the community is really active in that game, and that game is. What, like four or five years old now? Yeah. Like, um, that and then, uh, no man's sky, uh, the blender yeah. of no man's sky. Uh, and now and, it's starting to get big again. Yeah, exactly. Um, what's a notable example of bad communication? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, we could, uh, I want to go
1: down this route so bad, but I'm going to, I'm going to
0: time. You can (laughs) tell your stories. Um,
1: (laughs) I'll save my EA ramp for the other, for the other aspect of this, (laughs) but I think the issue of bad communication is, is in essence, either no communication, Mm. um, like we've previously discussed or it's just, it's just shutting the conversation down. Yeah that is something that I absolutely don't like is when we have someone who sits here and says, okay, well, this isn't being done correctly. So we need to shut it down because their aspect of correct is different than our aspect of correct. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's, there's a lot that I could go into that, but I mean, the the examples of bad communication really kind of speak for themselves because if you see that aspect, mm-hmm then chances are they're not going to be around 10 years afterwards. Mm. I mean the 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 industry that you were in, especially the music industry mm. is extremely competitive. Yeah. It's extremely cutthroat in a lot of ways. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it it's kind of one of those things if you're not communicating with other people and if you're not networking you're not going to go anywhere mm-hmm. or if you are somewhere you're going to fall off very very fast because chances are someone else is networking and someone mm-hmm. else is communicating and that someone else is saying something that someone else wants to hear and so on and so mm-hmm. forth and you're not saying anything
0: yeah yeah um so in a weird way how does having strong communication skills uh create value <laughs> community
1: I mean you're basically marketing when mm-hmm. you're talking to a community when you're talking to a bunch of people you're essentially marketing what you're doing mm-hmm. I mean you're saying hey this is who I represent this is what I do um check it out yeah that's that's something that is that's something that, 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 that kind of presents evidence of itself mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Communication creates value by doing what it's defined, which it's defined as communicating, which is funny because you're not supposed <laughs> to use it.
0: <laughs> the definition for Yeah. The, the
1: word for the definition. <laughs> but, I mean, there's literally no other way to do it. I mean, you're talking to people. Yeah. And that talking creates value because you're investing mm-hmm. into people yeah. in that aspect. Um. Kind of, the the whole aspect of why people follow um, celebrities in that aspect is as why well, because celebrities mm-hmm. talk and celebrities create a lot of action around that talk. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio does a bunch of climate initiatives and because Leonar- Leonardo DiCaprio does a bunch of climate initiatives, people follow because it's Leonardo DiCaprio talking yeah, yeah. about it <laughs> um, there is there's actually a speech that Harrison Ford gave on a climate initiative a couple of a couple of months yeah, ago. Yeah. Actually it might almost be a year ago now. I can't I can't exactly remember. But it gained a lot of traction because someone was talking about it that made it valuable. Mm-hmm. So I mean, whoever you are, and I and I know that those are celebrity examples, but I mean, even small stuff, enough of enough people are gonna be riled up about it that mm-hmm. it's gonna change.
0: Yeah. Um going slightly into actually let's touch on this first. Um How does the church and worship and all of this go into the communication thing that you're talking about?
1: (laughs) This is one that I really, really like talking about. My first episode, if you guys get a chance to listen to it, was with a worship pastor named Dave Dolphin. He is the current worship pastor at my church, Charity Hills. And essentially as, I'm going to use how he put it, essentially as ambassadors of Mm -hmm. Christ and as a Christian We are called to go out into the world and meet people where they are. Mm -hmm. Now, we can do that through a ton of ways. We can do that through community events. We could be doing it through advertising. We could be doing it through televangelism, which I am very, very much against. But that does not do justice to what you're supposed to do as a Christian. As a Christian, you're called to be out in the community mm-hmm. and you're called to serve the community and to meet people where they are mm-hmm. and that's the aspect that people forget and the reason that I'm with our church for mm-hmm. as long as I've been with our church is that I've really I've started to see that aspect and that trend continue yeah, yeah. on I mean when you're when you're looking at religion I mean so much of it is Hellfire and brimstone, and that's not people. That's not what people want to hear. Yeah, they don't want to hear that they're going to hell because their lifestyle doesn't fit within the church's lifestyle.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I thoroughly believe that that's why some churches have to close their doors at times. Unfortunately, is because mm-hmm. they don't understand. They don't quite understand that aspect that yeah. that you you can't just go out there and hit people over the head with issues. Yeah, I mean, to a certain extent. That's what both political parties are running into because they hit people over the head with yeah. issues. The the churches that stay alive and the churches that grow and the churches that continue to thrive mm-hmm. are the churches that are reaching out the most. Are the churches yeah. that are saying to the community, "Hey, we are here to help you. Yeah, what can we do to help you? Yeah, and what can we do to model this behavior for you?" Mm-hmm. And that's something that. I thoroughly believe is such a big impact as a a, a follower of Christ. I mean, as someone who is actively practicing the Christian religion. Mm
0: -hmm. How do you think, I mean, not how do you think, uh, how do you deal with the way that religion has been, especially Christianity, has been perceived lately? (laughs) In, in what and what
1: aspect? So, like, are we talking media? Are we talking media-wise? Are we talking just how things go, or just what has become the new "quote unquote" Christian
0: norm? Yeah, I mean, whatever of these things that you find most important.
1: <laughs> the problem is, is that I don't think that Christianity in and of itself is the problem. I don't, mm. but I think that there are aspects of our religion that we ourselves are too comfortable with. Mm-hmm. I mean. I know a lot of people. One of my best friends, she is, I mean, she was looking for a church at least a few months ago because Mm. something that she believes in, that church doesn't agree in. And they completely shamed her over it. Yeah. And it's just kind of one of those things It's like, that is not what you're supposed to do. Yeah. At all. I mean, yes, you can set a moral boundary, but at that point, you're not setting a moral boundary you're just hitting someone over the head with an issue. Yeah. <laughs> I mean and it's it's really difficult to see that there are a lot of churches that still continue to believe in that aspect, but at the same time don't either correct their own aspects or just remain stagnant. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest example that I can give and I I can't say this about their community because I haven't been active in their community in a very, very long time. But First Christian Church in Oklahoma City, they're, if you guys have been down to 36th Street, it's this big white dome. okay And yeah. that's that's the church. Mm-hmm. And they're currently looking to sell their doors. Mm-hmm. I mean, but at the same time, it's sad to see. It's sad to see that that church is shutting its doors and it's mm-hmm. having to sell off all of its assets. Yeah. But at the same time, it's really – it's really kind of expected because at church, I can't remember the last time it was active in its own community. I can't remember the last time that it invested in the area around it. It was sure. just, we're a church. You're supposed to come to us. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it sucks. But, I mean, when you're looking at dead churches and mm-hmm. when you're looking at what churches are going to thrive and what churches are not going to thrive yeah. – That's what a church that's dead looks like, Mm. is a church that's comfortable in its position that thinks that people are going to come to it simply because it's a church and that's not the way that you do things. (laughs) But at the same time, you also don't market. The church Mm. is not something that it should be something that's like, hey, come to this event or come to this event or, hey, we're doing this. No. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely in that aspect. It's like, hey, we are here. We want to meet you where you're and we want to be able to help you get to here. Mm-hmm. And whether that's through and whether we make contact with you through community events like trunk or treat or through Christmas or through vi- vacation Bible school or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever services your church provides, yeah. we just want to make contact with you and we yeah, want to yeah. check in with your life and say, Hey, how
0: are you doing? What can we do to help? Exactly. Um, on, I guess, a kind of different note, (laughs) um, since you, you've talked about church and now you, you've also talked about video games and we haven't sort of specifically touched on video games. (laughs) What, what makes video games important in your life?
1: I've played video games all of my life. Um, (laughs) since I was a kid, I remember getting my first PC for Christmas, which is, Odd to say. I, mean, I know most people build theirs, but I remember getting mine back in like 2005. Yeah. And I remember the first game that I downloaded was Star Wars Battlefront 2, <laughs> also in 2005, which is, explains why I play it now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the big, there are two big aspects. One, I really enjoy playing with, I really enjoy gaming with my friends. Mm hmm. As an introvert, it is hard to find friends. (laughs) People make me uncomfortable. People scare me. I don't (laughs) like people in general.
0: (laughs) People plural.
1: Yes. (laughs) People are often scary and stupid in a lot of ways. (laughs) But they're also so much fun to be around. And that's something Mm. that I have to learn. But back, back, back on topic, it's... It's often really cool to see how interaction in video games work, mm-hmm. especially in communities that are on Discord or Reddit. You just get to talk to so many different people and you get to yeah. meet different people. I mean, one of the guys that I constantly game with, I mean, he goes to school here, and then another guy that I game with in the in the COD community, he uh, he's from Scotland.
2: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so
1: it's just really funny to listen to him just get absolutely plastered at night and shout at the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> another aspect is that I am someone who really enjoys stories who really enjoys the mm-hmm. lore behind stories I mean Star Wars is one of my favorite series comics are essentially been built I've been building that lore for the last 70 years yeah um, <laughs> and a video video games are just that natural extension mm-hmm. it's like you're playing um it's like you're playing a book or you're playing a movie
0: yeah. I
1: mean, this is going to sound completely just, oh, wow, he's such a dweeb, but (laughs) the Call of Duty zombie series Mm -hmm. that Treyarch started way back in World at War Mm -hmm. has been my favorite ongoing story for the longest time because it deals with stuff like interdimensional time travel, religion, creation, (laughs) um, abnormalities, just weird things in general that you would – that you would never think would happen. It ties into that retro, what if World War II steampunk sure, style yeah. that goes around. <laughs> um, it's definitely Wolfensteiny, but Wolfensteiny with zombies and right. it's time travel. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's just—it's been really cool to see how much has been invested in that story over a decade of writing, mm-hmm. essentially. And then it's really sad at the same time when you see Black Ops Four come out after the hype that was Black Ops 3 and Black Ops 4 is just this massive disappointment because of... There's no story. Well, it's not that there's no story. I mean, the story is there, but I mean, essentially the problem with Black Ops 4 is that Black Ops 4 had a bunch of mishandling during development, Mm. especially from a lot of the rumors and a lot of the reports that have come out, Mm. specifically from Activision and Treyarch zombies launched in essentially a beta state. Mm-hmm. And so you couldn't play through the story because of all the bug crashes yeah. and because the game just would not work. Yeah. And eventually that just that drove the majority of the community away.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess last one on the beginning part. Uh, <laughs> what advice do you have for people that are interested in uh, mass communications or strategic communication?
1: start early don't <laughs> sit here and wait and say oh well i'm going to get a job once i graduate and i know i'm like the worst person to say that but <laughs> do yourself a favor and just work where start a podcast i mean this it sounds like the dumbest thing ever and it sounds like the hardest thing ever but start something that you can manage start something that Mm -hmm. you are in charge of that you can say when you graduate i have been doing this for four or five years now i already have this experience Mm -hmm. and then you can aim for for hopefully a job in stuff that you're doing and you've already got that experience i mean you don't have to go look for a job in that field you are the job in that field yeah I mean, if you're in social media, you hear the term consistency, consistency, just continue to post consistently. Mm-hmm. But if your post has nothing to say and it has nothing of value, then what's the point in posting consistently? Sure, <laughs> That's something that you also have to figure out with podcasting is what are you going to talk about? Mm-hmm. Why do you believe what you believe and why do you do what you do? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I totally used that in the last one that we just did, but right. it works. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have wh- what is my purpose and who is my audience? Yeah.
0: why thanks for, uh, summing up the thesis of my podcast here. Uh, um, switching gears because there's no good way to segue into this. What is the role of spirituality or religion in your life?
1: It's there. (laughs) It's something that I struggle with a lot. Mm. It's not that I'm not established in that aspect or I'm not strong in my faith. It's, it's that, At this point in my life, I struggle with a lot of other things besides religion. I mean, I'm constantly depressed about a lot of things. I feel like things could go better. I mean, I'm a realist. Mm -hmm. That's just how I view things. I'm also an institutionalist. I don't believe that things should constantly change once they've been settled. It's just like, oh my God, why are we looking at this again? (laughs) But it's always nice to think and always nice to know that I am doing something worthwhile because of my religion. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at Bible study last night. I mean, and re- in something that a friend of mine said: religion does not make you happy. There is no like. It, it, there is happiness. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. And if you're lucky enough to experience that on your journey, then that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But religion is labor. Religion is you are having faith in an entity to take care of you that, quite frankly, you can't see. And sometimes you can't hear that entity for mm-hmm. long periods of time. And it's okay, I've got to make sure that I'm living this example and I'm providing this for someone else or I'm doing yeah. this for other people. You're doing things that bring joy to the world and that bring, yeah. and that spread that religion across the earth. Mm. And, happiness is not always guaranteed in that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but again, it's why do you believe what you believe and why do you do what you do? I mean, mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to experience that aspect. I've, I mean, I've been lucky enough to experience that aspect multiple times where it's just like, I know that I've screwed up. I know that I haven't trusted God in a lot of things. And then the moment that I do within a couple of weeks, everything is, is, is somewhat back to the way that it should be. Mm-hmm. And I find a sense of, a sense of peace and comfort in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so in terms of religion and in terms of the way that like Christianity works, I don't think that there is one set Christianity that, that focuses on the right things. I think so much of it gets caught up in its own, it's yeah. caught up in its own glory that it just, it falls short a lot of the times. I mean, I, I, I'm part of my family is Catholic and, I don't like the Catholic Church. I don't like mm. the way that it does things. Um, I mean, I, I I typically don't fall within any set of Christian beliefs, if that mm. makes sense. Yeah. I, I typically listen to what God says and then base my judgments off of that.
0: Cool. <laughs>
1: Sorry, like totally just went to No, you're
0: yet. good. Please. Please <laughs> do your thing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, Spiritual, spirituality is something that connects in. I think that spirituality definitely connects in with lore, and it connects in with all these different aspects of life that we, we would sit there and think, oh, well, this is just generated for some stupid crap reason. It's <laughs> crazy-ass shit. Uh, can I even say that? Yeah, you can say whatever you want to right hear. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. But there's so much more that we don't understand, and I think that we've got a long way to go before we're making heads or tails of anything of what God says. Sure. So... And just having to realize that, you know what, you're not the dominant force on the face of the planet (laughs) that I think a lot of people fall into. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Really, Mm -hmm. really, there's something humbling about it, but there's also something eye-awakening about it. Yeah. And it connects you into so much else, and you're able to see so much more because of it.
0: Yeah. What is your definition
1: of God? I mean... in my my religion will tell you that god is the father god is the son god is the holy spirit god is my provider you have faith that god is going to do that is going to make your life better but yeah. is also going to make everyone's life better and god god is he's god i mean that's that's <laughs> the best way that i can put it he he is he is all he is everything at least in a, in a certain aspect to me. I mean, I don't have, I definitely don't have the best track record of, of 100% in in realization of that. I mean, there are times where it's just like, I'm human. I want my life this way. And there are times where it's just like, God's like, no, you need to sit down.
0: And (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I like that a lot. And, but that's also why I frame the question as what is your definition? (laughs) um is free will an illusion?
1: No. <laughs> if I mean if you look back to the creation story, if you look back to Genesis, if you mm-hmm. look back, God is this un- omnipotent being. He is, I mean he is all. He's he sees everything. He is responsible for everything. But the biggest question I get asked is how do you defi- how do you explain free will of God? created everything and God knew that Adam and Eve was going to sin, then why did he, why did all these bad things happen? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's, it's so much simpler than that. And it's so much more than that at the same time, because mm-hmm. like God definitely knew that that was going to happen. I mean, why else would he have let it happen if that were the case? Sure. But I, I don't know what God thought in that moment. I just don't. hmm I mean, I'm not well versed enough in that aspect to be able to tell you, "Hey, this is what God thinks." Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not God. I'm I'm me. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but God is always placed us in a position to learn something mm-hmm. every time that you've. If you look throughout the Bible, hell, if you even look throughout history, mm-hmm. that's that's always the case. I mean. The. It, Take evolution, mm-hmm. and this is this is going to sound weird, and this is going to make a lot of people uncomfortable. The theory of evolution is not what people think it is. We evolve on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. I mean, we constantly change and adapt to our environment. When we don't change and adapt, we die. Yeah. Um. What Dar- What people think Darwin created is is not in essence the theory of evolution. That. I mean, that's something that we have to come into realization about. I mean, mm-hmm. because God God essentially gifted us to say, hey, my time does not revolve around your time. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we still struggle with on a daily basis. We don't understand that God's time is not our day. So you think, oh, God created the earth in seven days, and we seem to think that it's a Gregorian calendar system of <laughs> seven days where it's like, oh, he took 24 hours to do this shit. Like, yeah. it's like no <laughs> and again that's kind of why i said we've got so much to learn and so much to go through before we even start to understand what god is thinking that mm-hmm. it's it's one of those things that it's like you know what yeah yeah you you, you just kind of have to set it out of, out of the way and be like hey i'm here let's move on <laughs>
0: <laughs> um how do you determine what good behavior is
1: I mean essentially I mean essentially all of the all of the way that you see morality is based off of some form of religion. I mean if you look at the way that John Locke's theories when he wrote when he wrote his political theories mm-hmm. on social structure mm-hmm. and on how government should be formed a lot of those are based off of the 10 commandments. Mm-hmm. A lot of what is relevant in society again is based off of is based off of christianity and i don't mean to keep using christianity as like a talking point but i mean i'm going to use it as a talking point (laughs) um because at the same time it's it's very important in that aspect because Mm. that's what history has built itself around of, and for the first time in a in a very very long time at least we started to see society kind of break away from that a little bit that says okay Mm. this is cool this is cool. We like these aspects, but what can we do to improve upon these aspects? Mm-hmm. What can we do to change these aspects? Um, for example, um, capital punishment. Capital mm-hmm. punishment is something that used to be fairly standard in the history of the United States and in the history of the world. And now we are one of the only countries left that still has states that that perform capital punishment. Right,
0: Or one of the only – first world West countries. first world countries. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean there's several other nations that do, but Right. First world nations <laughs> is what I meant. Sorry, I needed a drink. You're good. Um in terms of morality and in terms of what is good and what is not, um that that comes from that comes from essentially what's inside. I mean I mean, psychopaths and killers and rapists wouldn't wouldn't sit there and wouldn't sit there and have the attitude and displacements that they do if they didn't learn it from somewhere. Um, whether that's their family or whether that's whether that's the society. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys have the chance to go and see it, a movie that I'm really looking forward to is Joker. Yeah. When it comes out, I saw the last trailer for that. and I'm like, wow. That is – that's it's going to be Oscar winning. But at the same time, it's going to speak on so many levels to the issues that society has. Society
0: – And it's going to meme so hard. Oh, it's going to
1: meme so hard. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> but continue. <laughs> but the – I got to get back on track. <laughs> but society has this historically cruel way of shaping what is moral and what is not. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think that that is what's going to speak in Joker. I mean, for hundreds of years before before we even started looking at mental health as an actual condition, mm. we just thought of it as... That's just the way they are. That's just the way they are. They're they're defective in some form or way. And I mean, there's, there's a point to it, but we wouldn't ever treat it. Or the way that we would treat it was to either euthanize or hide them away from society. Right. And it's just like well now we, we 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 can't do that i mean that's obviously wrong yeah. so what so what are we doing to help correct things like mental illness i mean that's why i would like to see some form of standardized healthcare a mm-hmm. is is because there are people out there who can't treat themselves who are incapable of picking themselves up and going and being a part of a society as a fully functional human being yeah and we should have a system that should help people in that instance. Yeah. And B, at the same time, we could free up so – we would we, have so many resources, so much more resources if there was some larger entity taking control yeah. the, and saying, hey, we are going to provide this for you. You no longer have to divert resources to this yeah. area.
0: The number one cause of bankruptcy filing in the United States is medical debt. Yay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: its debt in general i mean there there are three industries that are growing at exponential rates one of them is a healthcare industry the other is student tuition which i mm. believe is going to cause the next economic recession more than yeah. likely and the next is also student related textbooks
0: mm. <laughs> yeah i mean in that aspect
1: it's like i'm not even joking it's just it's 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 mind blowing how how expensive? How how much more expensive these things were compared to thirty years ago, and that there's still no viable solution to the mm. problem. I mean, and that that takes so much more than just oh, let's slap money to it, right? But <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, on that political side, how do we reduce the division that has permeated, uh, especially American? <laughs> culture and conversation
1: we have to embrace uncomfortable yep. and I know that that sounds weird we have to be able to jump outside of our comfort zone and say hey this is what I believe mm-hmm. I mean <laughs> as much as I love my grandfather as much <laughs> as I loved I mean it's not in that aspect it's, it's it's in a completely different aspect there are aspects that I would have done differently in certain ways like, I wouldn't – now, this is just a story that's been passed through certain members of my family. I have no mm. idea if it's right or wrong. But the story goes is that there, my grandfather stopped going to the local co-op because mm. there were a group of people who either didn't agree with him or didn't like him. And he just kind of hid away from that aspect. Mm. I mean, and, and I get that. It's a completely different culture and a completely different time period. But that, I think, is part of the reason why we don't talk to other people. Yeah. I mean, my own mother sheltered me from a lot of things that yeah, now, yeah. looking back, I really wish that she shouldn't have <laughs> because I know so much more and I know how to deal with so much more Right. because I don't have that sheltering. Mm-hmm. And I get why parents do that. I'm not saying like, hey, parents should just let their kids do whatever and hope that they don't die. It's <laughs> not sure. what I'm saying. Yeah, You should always operate with some sort of safety net. Mm-hmm. But you have to be willing to let your child be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. The biggest example that I have that's actually happened, I've, I've got one that's happened and one that hasn't. I mean, I'm, a, I, I'm an Eagle Scout. I've been in Boy Scouts for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest things that my mom had trouble with was me actually going out and camping of all things <laughs> it's like she felt that she had to do everything for me mm-hmm. and I remember both my scout master and myself having to pull her aside and say you can't do this mm-hmm. this is not going to work if you're gonna yeah. keep doing this and it stopped mm-hmm. but it's kind of one of those things it's just like you see my point I mean I wanted to go out for football mm-hmm. and I wasn't allowed to go out for
0: football uh, I will say that no one should be playing football but that's that's a separate conversation. Yeah,
1: I mean, looking <laughs> back on it, I don't think I would have had I th- I don't think I'd have the same opinion that I did when I was eight. Right, right. But <laughs> I I definitely wouldn't have traded my experience in marching band or my experience in baseball, sure, for for the lifetime of issues that come after playing football.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um but I I like I do really like what you said about we should be okay with being uncomfortable. Um, (laughs) How do, and kind of on that, how do you live with, or I guess against the selfishness that pervades American culture?
1: I mean, there are a lot of aspects where I'm really selfish. I I like for certain things to be a set way simply because I can't mentally deal with them in a lot of aspects. Mm. But then again, I mean, at the same time, like, I'm now president of a political organization on campus Mm. that four weeks ago didn't exist. Right. (laughs) And that's something that I've had to jump into a completely world of. Everything is unexpected. Everything is moving so fast. I'm like, dear God, slow down. (laughs) But it's forced me to come out of my comfort zone and has an aspect. I've dealt with so much more because it's out of my comfort zone. And Mm. I've, and I've taken a lot of time away to be able to say, Hey, Hey, this is okay. This is what growing is about. I mean, mm. when you when you get that rush of all of a sudden all this shit is dropping upon you and you're just like <laughs> stop. <laughs> um the, you, you it's nice to take a step back just to take part of the re- weekend, get out of the city, just just go and look and say, "Okay, I can do this, 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 this and <laughs> this. I just have to do it in this, 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 this and this order." <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. it's just kind of one of those things like just breathe and relax. Mm-hmm. The relaxed part may not happen, but just breathe and be patient mm-hmm. and think through it. Yeah, <laughs> so that's that's kind of something that you have to sit through and think. Is it's you're winging it. You're you're mm-hmm. you're you're taking it one bridge at a time, one step at a time, one yeah. day at a time.
0: Take care of yourself. Um, <laughs> what are you optimistic about for our future?
1: And. In which way? Like, Is there just open-ended or is there a defined aspect that you want me to go down? <laughs> uh,
0: whatever it is that you are excited about and you see a light. <laughs> Part of the reason as to why I ask the question mm-hmm. is because a lot of the things that I bring up kind of keep us digging down into the pits and so I do want to make a point to have optimism or having something to look forward to a point of the conversation.
1: Um, this is going to sound like a complete, a complete joke, but the wildfires in the Amazon, <laughs> Yeah, the wildfires in the Amazon have thrown a surge into local climate awareness mm-hmm. that has never been seen. Mm-hmm. When my father got out of the house of representatives, the state house of representatives, he mm-hmm. went and worked for a bunch of climate initiatives for a number of years mm-hmm. because- he thoroughly believes in taking care of the environment. When you look at the way that soil conservation is done, most of the cities are built up around the richest soil on earth or yeah. built have built on top of the richest soil on <laughs> right. earth. Um, the way that we have farmed has allowed for soil is allowed for the topsoil especially to run off of mountain faces off of hills and Mm -hmm. into valleys and that's why you see so many farms in valleys that's Mm -hmm. why the depiction of farms and TV shows and cartoons is in valleys Mm -hmm. or in some sort of flat land where there's literally nothing yeah and now we're tearing that up Mm -hmm. and so it's like we are now having to figure out how to grow more food with less soil Mm -hmm. with for more people than have ever walked the earth before yeah and ironically, the wildfires have kicked that type of – have kicked that type of initiative on a local level in, into high gear. I mean yeah. people are starting to look at, okay, we really need to start thinking about what we're putting into the air. We really need to think about switching from plowing up our fields to maybe something like no-till drilling, which the mm-hmm. difference is you're not plowing up the field. You're just shooting the seed into the ground yeah. versus – plowing up your field to, quote-unquote, clean it up and make Mm. it look pretty or open it up so that water can soak in. Hydroponics are super cool. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Another thing that we're starting to run into is fresh water and access to fresh water. Mm -hmm. I mean, as the United States, we don't have this particular issue, I mean, with the exception of Flint, Michigan, which I'm sorry for the people of Flint, Michigan in that aspect, but... When you're, when you're starting to look at the technology for it, desalinization is starting to become mm-hmm. a very big option, mm-hmm. especially for a lot of other places. Um, energy, energy consumption. For the first time in human history, you're starting to see more and more electric vehicles and you're starting to see electric technology mm-hmm. advancing in such a way that you're able to now effectively mass transit in a way that hasn't been yeah. done before. Yeah. And if and I again, I thoroughly believe that If we start pushing electric infrastructure like solar charging stations, and Mm -hmm. even if we equip cars with solar panels on top Mm -hmm. just to charge the batteries, you're going to see a massive revolution in technology and in electric technology in the next 10 years.
0: Hell yeah. Do you believe humans are evil by nature? No. Elaborate. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like that it's a yes or no question. No,
1: no, 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 no. It's fine. Um, humans are humans. Humans have flaws. Humans are, they're people. They make mistakes, but humans aren't good or evil by nature. Mm. Humans are just experienced and inexperienced. Um, the people who we often portray as evil or the people who we often portray as someone who is negative to the society is really just lashing out because I can see where the society should be going and they see a change. Now, obviously, there are exceptions to that mm-hmm. with, well, I mean, again, sociopaths, serial killers, that that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is pure evil, but I don't think the majority of people are inherently evil. Mm-hmm. I think they're just
0: misguided in a lot of ways. Yeah. I like, I really like what you said, uh, the but... People aren't necessarily good or evil. They're just experienced or inexperienced. I wanted to say that again because it was important. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What makes you content? Being at home
1: (laughs) half the time? (laughs) Um, Probably the most content thing that I like doing is seeing something through to the end. Um, But just taking the little things... And just going and doing the little things again. I was, I, like I've mentioned before, I was in Colorado over the weekend, and well, not over the weekend. It was a couple months ago, but
0: mm-hmm. I, I was in Colorado over there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but just taking the time to go and see Grand Canyon National Park mm-hmm. was so renewing to me. Yeah, I mean, I got to sit from, I got to sit like maybe six inches away from a waterfall that could have killed me. Yeah, essentially. But in that moment, I mean, just being able to relax in an environment where it's like, I don't have any schedules to follow. Yeah. I don't have to be anywhere. I can just sit back and just detox from everything. Mm-hmm. I guess that's
0: the best word for it. Yeah. Sometimes you got to schedule nothing.
1: And it's just it's just being in the environment that you love with the people that you like being around. And that yeah.
0: to me is so important. Yeah. Uh, this is a question that, Scott Booker told me that Wayne Coyne asks <laughs> people, uh, "When will you be satisfied?
1: When I'm dead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hell yeah.
1: When I'm dead. I don't plan on. I don't plan on quit working <laughs> until I'm dead. That's just. That's just who I am. I know that that's going to be the case. I know that that's what I'm going to do for the rest yeah. of my life. Yeah. And hopefully I don't fall ill to some bullshit. But <laughs> I will never be satisfied with anything long term mm. until I know that I've done all I can. Yeah, and that will probably be when I die.
0: Spoken like a true Eagle Scout. Uh, <laughs> 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 Two more questions. What advice do you have for people?
1: Don't do stupid one. Don't cool. just. I mean, I know that that sounds like you're like the biggest thing. Like, oh well, you should do it this way or this way. No. Don't sit there with the attitude that says, okay, I know everything because you're not going to get anywhere. You don't know everything, quite frankly, and you're going to make mistakes. Yeah. But those mistakes are what make you human. Yeah. And that mis- those mistakes are what teach you often. Yeah. Hell I mean, yeah. And you have, for God's sake, you have to be uncomfortable. Don't sit there and say, okay, well, I can do this, this, and this, and I can do it from the comfort of my own home. That's horseshit. It's yeah. not something that you can do. <laughs> Just yeah. – relax and just know that you are going to be uncomfortable but that you are going to gain something out of that uncomfortability.
0: Yeah. Hell yeah. Of course you knew this was coming. <laughs> cake or pie? Pie. Hell yeah. I A very quick don't pie. like cake. <laughs> <laughs> damn, okay. There there
1: I mean I've No. There's no philosophical <laughs> behind that. It's just right, I right. hate cake. <laughs> what is
0: what is your peak pie?
2: Oh damn.
1: <laughs> Ooh, there are a lot of really good pies um, apple pie is really good I will always be a sucker for apple pie but then again I'm a stereotypical white person <laughs> um, pecan pie is, is too sweet now I just don't like it probably apple pie honestly
0: apple pie the classic the, the most American uh. <laughs> <laughs> We'll, yeah. <laughs> thank you for doing this with me. <laughs> thank you for letting me be on. Um, plug your stuff. What do you got going on? Um, well, the
1: next episode for me is going to drop this Friday. Okay. Uh, hopefully. It is going to feature Dr. Chad Perry from UCO. Um, so there's going to be a lot in the communication world on that. Yeah. Your episode will be coming out the week after that, more Sweet. than likely. Um, and then we're just we're just going to continue building on. We're going to yeah. continue with a couple of live streams. Mm-hmm. Um, just to kind of see where the community's at. We would love for any of you to be a part of the community, so just search in, search Open Broadcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're out on pretty much every single podcast yeah. site that you can be on. So,
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Everywhere that you can find BitDepth, you can also find Open Broadcast. Yes. So do that. Uh, once again, thank you for doing this with me. All right. Uh, I'm Santiago Ramones. I'm William Pope. You can find everything that I do on my website, com. I make music. You can still check out Machinations, my uh, master's performance, which you actually got to play on. Yes. Um, so definitely check that out. It's on my website. Just look up Machinations or go to com slash podcast slash Machinations. I need to make a better URL for that.
1: <laughs> Anyways,
0: uh... <laughs> I always end my podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Those three things are love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong.